this 2023 NBA Pacific Division betting preview on the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Roster brought to you by Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a lead pipe locking for parlaying player props. Go to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus today. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, August the 11th, currently 1210 on the East Coast. Here to dig into another division preview, very early division preview for the NBA. Uh, today, we'll be talking about the Pacific Division. And joining me as usual, i got my guys here with me. You guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, MLB and NFL. It's Scott Suey-Rachel. Scott, how you feeling, my man? Yeah, doing pretty well. Tennis podcast been going well lately, so hopefully that keeps uh, being the case on Friday. But looking forward to going through another division. Yes, sir. Pacific Division today. I also got my guy here with me, Lante Smith. You guys know him on the MLB show and, of course, here on NBA. And doing his work for college experience as well. Lante, how's it feeling, my man? Yeah, not bad, man. Uh, looking forward to going through probably the best division in the NBA, uh, top to bottom. I think it's probably the best division in the NBA. So uh, a lot of intriguing storylines, new pieces. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, at least on paper uh, with yeah. the talent that is in this um, division, when we talk about top five players in the NBA, top seven, maybe, maybe you have three guys or four guys even in this division uh, with Steph Curry, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, um, some people, I think Devin Booker, top 10 player for sure. But, um, yeah, a lot of talent in this division. Last year, uh, the Sacramento Kings were the division uh, winners in this Pacific division, finishing with a record of 48 and 34, I believe. Um, and no team in this division had more than uh, 50 wins last year. Um, like I mentioned, Sacramento finished up with 48 wins. The Lakers, uh, I'm trying to pull up the standings here. Let's see here. So Lakers finished 43 and 39. Golden State 44 and 38. 44 and 38 for the Clippers. 45 and 37 for the Phoenix Suns. And Sacramento, like I mentioned, 48 and 34 finished as a three seed. Um, five, all five teams in this division last year made the uh, playoffs. Um, so definitely a very, very difficult div- uh, division with the amount of talent uh, that is in this um, in this division. We can start it here. We'll kind of go top from bottom as far as win totals go, gentlemen. Um, the lowest win total in this division right now, that is going to be your defending Pacific uh, Division title champs. That is the Sacramento Kings. They come in with a win total of 43.5 for this upcoming season. Their division odds are at 9-1 to one for them to make the playoffs, minus 185 for them to miss the playoffs, plus 150. And you take a look at, like I mentioned last year, a great year for this team under Mike Brown. Uh, they finished as a number three seed in the Western Conference. Uh, unfortunately for them, they did lose in the first round. Uh, to the Golden State Warriors. 
but a really good season and a great building, uh, I guess, a foundation that the Sacramento Kings team has. And looking at their offseason moves from this past, um, or at least this year, let me get over to the Sacramento Kings here. So for the Kings, um, let's see. So they added Chris Duarte in a trade with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, drafted Colby Jones, number 34 overall out of Xavier. Also signed Nerlens Noel to a contract. Um, uh, lost not a lot of needle movers. I mean, Rashawn Holmes was really in and out of the lineup last year, mostly out last year. Uh, Matthew Delvadova, uh, I can't believe he's still in the league. And Terrence Davis, who was a pretty good uh, shooter for them last year. But they also re-signed uh, Harrison Barnes to a contract extension back on June 29th. Alex Lynn um, signed as a free agent as well. Trey Lyles is back with the team as well. And they also uh, ne- renegotiated uh, Damanis Sabonis' contract um, in this offseason as well. Uh, Lante, you want to lead us off? I mean, this team last year, the Kings, they definitely overachieved last year, winning this division, finishing with 48 wins. Unfortunately for them, like I mentioned, they lose in the first round to the Golden State Warriors. But seems like a team possibly that you know could be competing again this upcoming season in the NBA. Yes, yeah, so I think they'll take a small step back. Um, I'm leaning to the to the under here simply because I mean you just got like a murderer's row in this division, so you're going to be playing these teams like night in and night out. And I mean I'm higher on some of the teams than than others, and of course health plays a big part in honestly a lot of the, like. Four out of the five teams, uh, I'm worried about health the most. Like you know, so it's kind of hard to gauge. But I think if anybody takes a step back, it would be Sacramento. It doesn't mean they can't be better. Um, I, I like their roster, but again, I think their issue is they don't have enough wings to be able to handle some of the teams in this division. So you're going to have play against um, Durant, Booker um, on the wing in Phoenix. You're going to play against Kawhi, PG. Granted, if they're healthy, uh, you know, LeBron, you got LeBron, AD on the front line. And then you got to run around with Clay, Steph, Wiggins, and then now you got to worry about Chris Paul being initiated there. So um, I'm kind of worried about their wing depth. Now Keegan Murray did take a uh, he take a, a really big step at the end of that playoff um, stretch where he you know he came on, but he struggled early on. Uh, played well in the summer league, but again that's a lower lower level of competition. So they're going to need him to step up and be that wing player that they need. Um, I was surprised they didn't draft um, a big physical wing. Um, I like Kobe Jones, don't get me wrong. And they do, like, the backup point guard is kind of up in the air. I like Davion Mitchell, but he's kind of limited in what he can do offensively. He had a few games in there where he was scoring. But, you know, he's going on the floor to do one thing, one thing only, and that's defense and to initiate. So, And I don't think him and – I don't think him and Fox can play together. I think Kobe Jones and Fox can play together because Kobe can play off the ball. He did it, Xavier. He can play on the ball. And, I mean, obviously you want to keep the ball in De'Aaron Fox's hands as much as possible. I mean, one of the best home court advantages in the NBA. Uh, we saw it live and direct in the playoffs. Um, but I think they take a step back here uh, simply because of the division. I mean, they're not going to catch anybody by surprise anymore. I do buy into what Mike Brown is, is implementing in Sacramento. I think they'll be fine. I don't think they'll you know miss the playoffs or anything. But – I do think they take a step back here. I'll just lean to the under. Scott, thoughts on the Kings? Yeah, I'm going to lean to the under as well. Uh, Just looking at the overall roster, they were pretty fortunate with regard to injury luck last year, where really none of their main guys missed much time. Fox played 73 games. Sabonis played 79. Herter played 75. Barnes played 82. 
Monk played 77, Keegan Murray played 80, and you can keep going down the line. They didn't have any serious injuries to anybody throughout the entire season, and I tend to expect that to balance out in this season. I'm not saying Fox is going to miss a month or two, but it wouldn't shock me if he missed a month or two because, once again, the whole team was healthy. So, by example, either him or Sabonis might get hurt. We'll see what happens, but it really just comes down to what Delonte said. This division's too good. Like, somebody's going to have to lose games. It's really tough to take it over when I think they're the worst team in the division. And the only team that I think we're going to get into in a second that could rival them for last place is probably the Clippers because the Clippers have injury issues and they never care about the regular season. But if you're looking at what I think is going to happen with this team, they might be a play-in team. So I'm not saying they're gonna, they're going to completely fall off a cliff. But they were very healthy last year. And the division was a bit down because of injuries from to other players in that division for the other teams. You had Durant who got hurt, LeBron AD. That might happen again. We'll see. But you go down the line, and a lot of players, key players from other teams in that division got injured, and they stayed healthy. I don't think yeah. they're going to be as lucky this time around, not to mention the surprise factor being gone. It's no disrespect to the Kings because I do respect what they're doing. But I'm going to lean to the under. I think this number is a bit high. And I do think, assuming these teams stay relatively healthy, I think Sacramento is the worst team in the division. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I think they're, I think Lante hit the nail on the head that I have concerns as well about the depth on this roster, right? And especially at the wings position as well. And that goes um, hand in hand with the injuries. Yeah. So again, if one of those two guys do go down, it's going to be a, a tough hill to climb for this a Sacramento Kings team. And like I mentioned, Definitely overachieved last year with Mike Brown. Um, and it's directly what Scott said is that a lot of their guys or most of their core guys, especially their starting lineup, was pretty much healthy for the regular season. I think all five of those guys, or at least four of the five guys, played at least 70-plus games. And you know, we talk about injury luck in the uh, not only the NFL, ML, not really MLB, but also in the NBA. It tends to balance out season over to season. So. Unfortunately for them, because they are in this division and the talent that, that is in this division, I, again, I do think they do take a step back this year. Um, I agree with Scott. I think they will probably end up as a play-in tournament team. I still think they'll be a competitive, but again, it's just that the other teams in this division, maybe outside of the Clippers, there are no you know, free should, wins. Yeah, they should improve, and they, again, no free wins with this division. So I lean with the under here uh, as well. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next team in this division – uh, let me tell everyone about the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon page. Um, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they also have weekly contests just for patrons, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast completely ad-free and full of behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. Only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. Support the network. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right, guys. Next team in this division, that is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. They come into the season with a win total of 46 and a half for them to win this Pacific division. Plus 550 for them to make the playoffs is currently at minus 250 and plus 200 to miss the playoffs. Obviously, for this team, injuries is the biggest concern with this team. And again, beginning of the last year, I know we talked a lot about this, that if this team 
could stay healthy. They could have been the number one team in the Western Conference just because of the depth that they had on this roster, right? Um, but you take a look at their the start at the top of their two main players. Paul George played 56 games last year. Kawhi Leonard uh, played in 52 games last year. You need at least those guys to play at least 65 games, I believe, uh, for this team to be, a, I think, a top four team in the Western Conference. But you kind of go down the line. Uh, Ivan Zubak was the one player that only was the one player that started and played in 76 of the 82 games last year. Terrence Mann played in 81 games last year. He started 36 for this team. And then it was Marcus Moore Sr. started in 65 and played in 65. After that, like I mentioned, it was just a significant falloff for guys playing in either 50-some-odd games or missing uh, a significant portion of the season. So when you have two guys as your two best players that are very injury-prone, um, it's always a concern if you're a Clippers fan. And again, we heard the rumors in the offseason that maybe Paul George's name was in those rumors of possibly getting shipped out to Portland. Maybe that's just smoke and mirrors. But I think the thought has come across maybe the front office that it may be time to, if this season isn't a success, to possibly blow it up. But despite all that, they still finished as the fifth seed in the Western Conference with a 44-38 and 38 record. Um, they had a winning record both at home and away. Uh, Scott, lead us off with this team, uh, the Los Angeles Kippers. What are your thoughts about them uh, going into this new season? I'm on the under. Uh, once again, I know that you mentioned for the Kings. Do uh, you mention how injury luck tends to balance out season by season? Not for this team. When yeah. your best two players get injured every year, not to mention the fact that the Clippers actively rest their guys because they're so terrified of these guys getting hurt. And they still get hurt. So even with the restings on back-to-back and whatever they try to do with load management, it doesn't actually work because the players get hurt anyway. But nobody's really yeah. talking about that. I'm on the under. I think when you're looking at this team, I don't trust them to stay healthy. Yes, I, I know they ended up winning 44 games. Truth is, 50-plus games for Paul George and Kawhi is actually not even that bad. I thought they played a lot <laughs> less than that. Like, I don't know how much Kawhi is going to play this season because he hurt his knee again in pre in uh, the postseason last year, and they might be even extra careful with him. I have no idea how many games everyone's going to play, but I mentioned a second ago the Kings and how many games those starters played. I'm going to read off the Clippers. So you have Kawhi and Paul George. You mentioned them before. Played 52 and 56 in order. Norman Powell played 60. Uh, Westbrook is not on the team anymore, but he played 21 because he was acquired midseason. Uh, Marcus Morris played 65. I know that once again, the moving they're moving parts, but the rest of the supporting cast, Eric Gordon played 22. Uh, you can go down the line. The only guys that actually played serious amounts of games were Zubak, Terrence Mann, and Batum. That's it. Everybody else yeah. misses like 20 games. There's mm-hmm. not even just the main two guys. It's the entire core. I'm going to be on the under. I don't trust him to stay healthy. Kawhi, after getting injured again with his knee, I'd be shocked if he played 50 games. I think he's probably going to play half the season, maybe less than that. And we know Paul George is going to miss at least 20 games too because he does every year. I'm on the under. Yes, I know they won 44 last year, but once again, I actually think mid-50s is high for Paul George and Kawhi. I don't see that happening again. I'm on the under. They got too many injury question marks, and this team in general does not care about the regular season. And as a result, I can't take the rover. I'm on the under. Lante? Yeah, I slightly lean over, but like 
I wouldn't bet this. Like, I, just if you're thinking about betting the Clippers, just don't do it because it's just too much uncertainty with the roster. Now they do have uh, a talented roster, of course, but again, I mean, health is a big factor in this team. I guess more than any other team in the NBA because they're so top heavy with those two guys, but they do have some good wing players. I mean, if they could give some of those wing players to Sacramento, they'd be in, you know, Sacramento would be in better shape, but I like their draft class. They got two guys who I think can pretty much do, they're like, a, of course, a lesser version of, of Kawhi and PG uh, in some aspects. Uh, I like Norman Powell. I like how Russ fit in with them. Now, obviously, he'll have to dial back as far as um, volume goes whenever he's playing with those two guys. But I thought he fit in pretty well, um, especially in the playoffs uh, when he was able to run the show. He did well. Um, just overall, it's, it's hard to trust him to, to go, you know, a full season with having the right continuity. And, you know, you mentioned moving off the PG trade, so who knows if that's going to happen. Uh, I just got a lot of questions, but I would slightly lean over for the simple fact that, I mean, they're so accustomed to playing without those two guys that I can see them getting to, what is it, 46 and a half, right? Uh, yeah, 46 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a three-game increase. I can see them get. I can see them getting there, but in, uh, on the opposite side, I can see everything that Scott's saying. I can see them, um, you know, being like a 42, 43 wins win uh, team. So, I mean, for that, it's just it's too many questions for me. So, I would lean over simply because I think that they have enough talent, and PG is more healthy than than Kawhi, of course. So, if he can play, you know, sixty to sixty-two games, sixty-five. I think he'll be. I think they'll be, you know, in line to win um, 47, 48 games. But again, you're putting your your trust in the health of those two guys. Uh, I wouldn't want to tie my money up for you know four or five months for that. I think the main difference though is that they won 44 last year, and I expect Paul George and Kawhi to play even less games than last year. That's why I can't take the over. Yeah, I mean, Paul George's injuries aren't as significant as. No, but Kawhi, uh, well, if if I told you Kawhi this season's playing 30 games, you, I don't think you'd be shocked, to be honest. I mean, I, if you told me another play any games, injury, I, I, I can't. Shocked. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not so – but I think that if Paul George is on the floor, that raises uh, that raises their, their floor even more because, I mean, he's shown he can win playoff games without Kawhi, and I just think they're so accustomed to playing without him that they can get three, two or three extra wins here or there. But again – it's, it's, it's too dependent upon one player. That's why I can't confidently go over. I, I'm just going to read off the Paul George games played, by the way. He played 56 last year, which is actually the most games that he's played since 2018-2019. And his most time his most games played on the Clippers. Played 56 last year, 31 the year before that, 34 the year before that, 48 the year before that. So once again, I think 56 is actually high for Paul George. I think he's going to play less. So with that being the case, and with Kawhi once again having another knee issue, they're going to wrap them twice over in bubble wrap for the season. So I don't think Kawhi is going to play more than 45 games. And with that reduction from both star players in terms of games played, I got to be on the under. But I'm curious what Munaf thinks. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at Kawhi, that uh, shockingly Kawhi's played four games. Um, I couldn't believe he broke 50 last year. It felt like he played 35 games. <laughs> yeah, played, of, 44% yeah. of the games in uh, last three years. This is what I got. Yeah. Yeah, he's played more games than Paul George, uh, shockingly, because that's crazy. Um, it feels like more of the news that we hear about injuries more based around Kawhi Leonard uh, than it is Paul George. But you take a look at Kawhi; he hasn't played uh, sixty-five or more games since the 2016-2017 season uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. The following year, he only played nine uh, before he did get traded to Toronto, where he did play sixty games. But 
yeah, again, we don't know what the hell is going to be about this team. And I don't think I can take an over with that team, especially we're expecting these teams in this division, maybe not the Kings or the Kings. So be competitive, like we mentioned, but for them to take a step back and the other teams to improve as well. Right. So again, like Scott mentioned that you, there's no free wins. There's no, you know, really margin for error because especially in the Western conference where it's so tight and there's so many good teams. And the uh, teams don't are, care. Yeah. They just don't care. It's like more, Hey, let's just try to get a top six uh, spot uh, or even try to get into a play in tournament spot. And at that point, if Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are, are playing, you know, we always like have a chance to win the game. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what the philosophy is yeah. for this uh, Clippers team. But but you also look at some of the depth pieces, right? <laughs> there was, excuse me, there. Offseason wasn't that uh, impressive to me, right? They did get Kobe Brown uh, in the uh, NBA draft this past year, Jordan Miller as well. They did trade for my guy, KJ Martin. I think that's a pretty good pickup for them as well. And then they just re-signed Mason Plumlee. You know, he's on my roster for sure. And then Russell Westbrook uh, as well. Yeah, but they and got Westbrook, rid of Marcus Morris. That's yeah. a massive upgrade, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Um, but again, nothing overwhelming about this offseason for the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. But the, again, like Lante mentioned, like the depth pieces are there and they're so used to playing without their top uh, two players that it, it's just kind of become muscle memory for them, I guess we can say, Uh not having their top two guys. So I'm still going to lean under. I think this was the one team that I struggled a lot with uh, to whether on their win total to go over under, but I'm going to lean with the under. I still think they do get into the playoffs, um, but I think it may come to a point that, again, if they have another first-round exit next year, that this team is probably going to get blown up and that you see Paul George on the move and, and or Kawhi Leonard as well yep. uh, be on the move. Yep. Even halfway By the way, season, I, I take it back. Yeah. Marcus Morris is actually still on the team. I, I, I thought they potentially got rid of him. They did not. But I just wanted to briefly mention, by the way, how little salary cap flexibility they actually have. I'm yeah. not even sure what moves they can make during the course of the season besides blowing it up. So if you want to talk about trade deadline expectations, I don't know what this team can do. Because I'm just going to read off some of the salaries that these players are making. Kawhi is making 424 you're looking at Paul George making 42.4 as well, same exact contract amount. Covington's making 12 million. He barely plays. Batum's making 10.8. He's 34. I don't think you can really move him. Um, Norman Powell's making 16.7. Marcus Morris is making 16.3. You definitely cannot move him. Zubok's making 10. I mean, Zubok doesn't bother me, but still, that's a lot of money tied up with older players. You can probably not move. I don't know what they're supposed to do at a trade deadline because I'm not sure how many teams would want any of those guys. Man, and Norman Powell is the guy that also gets injured as well. I mean, yeah. he did play 60 games last year, uh, started eight for this team. But again, on paper, if this team is healthy, man, they have a lot of depth on this team. But again, it, when we talk about health, like the Clippers are like the, that that front page team that we talk about. Yeah. If healthy. Right. Yeah. This team could win a championship, but uh, yeah. I just wanted to read that off because some of the supporting cast contracts, particularly the Morris contract, are so bad that I'm not sure they can offload any of these. So they're just stuck with their current roster with the amount of salaries they're paying, which really limits the amount of all-in moves they can actually do. Besides hoping a team maybe takes an expiring, but you're not actually going to get assets for that. You're just trying to save some cap space. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It's anything can happen in the NBA. I don't, I don't even look at contracts anymore. The way they move, the way they're moving people around and making stuff work with 
all these different things. Yeah. Uh, man, anything is possible. Well, the with, new with CBA is going to limit, like, you know, some of the ridiculous stretching in order to actually mm-hmm. limit the number of trades to some degree. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a factor once again. But I'm just looking at these contracts and they can't make an all in move. Like the Kings can package some young players and maybe try to get a star that's unhappy elsewhere. The Clippers are just stuck. The only move they have is to trade their key pieces, hopefully, and get younger and get a bunch of draft picks. Like, they have to potentially blow the team up. They can't push any further, right? Uh, I mean, I like the young guys, to be honest. I, li- I like Miller. I like um, – I, like I get Tony my point, Brown. though. Like, I, I, don't think ball, I, yeah. I don't think they can package any of those to get an asset right now because they can't afford to pay the asset right now. That's yeah, getting... I mean, unless, unless it's centered around Paul George, which I think that's what you would have to do is, is yeah. Paul George. And at that but, point, uh, you're blowing up the team. Yeah, so Jerry West, though, he's not really uh, – still, he's still VP of basketball ops there, right? I thought he <clears throat> left, but let me see. Did he? Jerry I thought it was. Yeah, I'm not sure if he if he's still there. He's not really a guy that shakes up a lot of rosters. Like he 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 got a track record of not really doing a ton. Um, if he's still there, uh, but if he's, he's not, a basketball executive according to Wikipedia, so I'm assuming he's still with the Clippers. Yeah, so he basically can still call a few shots. Yeah, he's not really. Uh, yeah, and Lawrence Frank is still there too, right? As the GM. Oh, brother. Uh, let me see. Clippers general. So. I should I should have had this ready, man. Uh, Trent Redden. Trent Redden is that's what I'm seeing on Google right now. So Lawrence Frank is not there anymore. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's just kind of out of the word. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Scott. I mean, it's just a lot that they got to do. I mean, just it's once just again, if so you're, hard to get over, you're hoping a team can get reinforcements at some point during the season. This team can't do that. They physically can't do that because they have no space to actually acquire anybody worth a damn. By the way, we didn't even mention the Russell Westbrook contract that he signed with the Clippers. Well, that's two a bargain. Years. That's, a, that, that's, a, that's, that's the best contract of the offseason. That's the only reason why this team was able to somewhat stay afloat. It's because Westbrook didn't ask for $20 million a year. Yeah, he could have gotten years. it. Schroeder got like $16 million a year. He could have gotten Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. I was like, some team would have paid him at least 15, 20 million per year, but he signed a two year, 7.8 million fully guaranteed deal to stay. Right. I guess maybe in LA. And after taxes, I don't know how much that equates Sorry, to. Sorry, Schroeder but. got 13 million, but he got my point. Like, yeah. Westbrook could have asked for 20, and maybe yeah. a team would have given it to him. He went yeah, from one of the just... worst contracts in the league to one of the best contracts in the league in the span of a year, but. Yeah. He only took less because it's the only way they could have afforded to keep him. Yeah, yeah and I think he wants to win. I, I think he that's the best chance. So you don't want to go to Toronto or Orlando or somebody like that and, you know, collect. I mean, some guys do and then collect the check and then, you know, not win. I think he just wants to compete. And, of course, you mentioned it in L.A. where he's home. So I think that's a bargain, but I'm pretty sure they looked at it like that. Like, this is my only chance. To, I'm on the back nine. Of my career, it's the only yeah. chance I got to contend for a championship. So, and the argument is, if Paul George or Kawhi weren't hurt, maybe they beat Phoenix. Maybe I'm not maybe. saying they would have, but in the yeah. back of Westbrook's mind, he's thinking to himself, "If I wasn't alone, we might have actually won a couple more games." Right, and he knows those two guys get hurt. So when those guys <laughs> go down, he never gets hurt. So he's going to be able to run the show like he did in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, guys, before we get over to the next team in this division, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is going to be Parlay Play. Parlay Play is a great way to get down on your favorite parlayed player props. Football season is right around the corner, and Parlay Play will have all your favorite props. Parlay Play is available in a ton of states, including California and Texas, plus our good friends up north. Parlay Play is available in a bunch of provinces in Canada. And when you sign up with our code, you'll get a sweet bonus to get started. 
Head over to parlayplay.io and use promo code SGP for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's parlayplay.io, promo code SGP. All right, boys, let's get over to the next team. That's going to be the other LA team in the city of angels the los angeles lakers they have a win total coming into the season of 48 and a half plus 330 to win the pacific division for them to make the playoffs minus 380 plus 285 to miss the playoffs and uh, looking at what they did last year they finished up with a record of 43 and 39 where a play-in tournament team with that seventh spot um they got the victory and ended up playing Memphis in the first round where they did uh, beat the Grizzlies in the first uh, first round. Um, offseason moves for the <clears throat> for the Lakers. Signed some of their key guys that were part of their success last year, um, at least in the second half of the season. Austin Reeves re-signs with the L.A. Lakers. Anthony Davis signed a huge offseason uh, contract extension, three years, $186 million. Uri Achimura is back with his team as well, and they also re-signed uh, D'Angelo Russell to a contract. We talked about it earlier. Dennis Schroeder no longer on this roster. Also uh, saw the departures of Lonnie Walker, uh, Troy Bryan Jr., yeah, Malik Brooklyn. Beasley. Yeah, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and Mo Bamba. Uh, draft... Um, Pretty good draft. I think um, we'll have Lonte expand more on it. But um, some more offseason moves. I'm sorry. Let me get to Gabe Vincent, three years, $33 million. I think that was a great signing for this team. Torian Prince, another key piece for them coming off of the bench. And then in, and then also Jackson Hayes to possibly give him some more depth up front. But the draft, they drafted uh, Jalen hood Shafino, Maxwell Lewis, and they also uh, signed undrafted rookie Colin Castleton out of Florida to their roster. Uh, another team last year that dealt with injuries and one player in for sure. That's always been in uh, trouble. Uh, I don't want to say trouble, but uh, injury history with Anthony Davis um, as a Lakers fan. Uh, so some of you that are, you always kind of hold your breath when uh, Anthony Davis does goes down last season. He played in, 56 games started 54 same thing with lebron played 55 uh i was gonna say can we started, add lebron to that list yes yeah, he's gotten as injured well. a lot the last couple of years too i know ad has the longer track record but lakers fans are, should also be scared about lebron at this point because they're not just yeah. off of another injured year they're off of him playing 16 playoff games i agree um and he's getting up there in age as well right um but again i think it was was this past year the year prior where he's still doing with that uh, foot injury or ankle injury, whatever the case might have been. But had, I think they had a pretty good offseason. I like their draft picks. Lante, lead us off here with the L.A. Lakers. They have a win total right now of 48 and a half. What are your expectations for this team coming into the next season? Yeah, 50-plus wins. I'm expecting them to win 50 games. Uh, so I love the over. I think bar none, the Lakers have a top three Probably, to my estimation, like a top roster in, in the NBA, top to bottom. They got the perfect blend of, you know, youth and vets. Of course, the health is, is an issue, but health is an issue for, for all these teams. Um, I just – I love what they did in the offseason. They got Gabe Vincent to surround uh, – Gabe Vincent to surround LeBron. They signed Rui. Um, Reeves, I'm kind of – like, I'm on the fence. I mean, I don't know how, how hungry he's going to be. He got paid, so I don't know if he gets complacent. But, again – 
he has guys behind him that can that can play. I mean, they are just so deep. The only work, the only thing that worries me is the, the lineups and combinations because Darvin Ham's not good with playing certain people with the playing the right people uh, at the same time. So I'm interested to see how he does it in a roster that's probably about, I mean, twelve to thirteen guys I think can play uh, any given time. So obviously you can't play that many guys. So I'm going to be intrigued to see who plays. Uh, they started off really bad. I think they were like the 15th seed at one point in time. And then they kind of came on uh, into their own played really well. Um, and obviously the, the emergence of, of Austin Reeves and getting the Rui and the trade mid season. I thought that was big for them. So I'm expecting them to win 50 games. I'm expecting them to be the, the number one seed in the, in the West, man. I really am. Um, I know LeBron is probably going to take it a little bit lighter because he got so many guys that he can depend on. To, so he he doesn't have to do everything. So I think he'll be fine there. Um, they'll be rested up for the playoffs. I mean, he's gonna do he's gonna do his good. He's gonna give you you know twenty plus five and five um, on the season. I think you can bring him along uh, slower. Uh, you can limit his minutes early on because you have so many guys on this roster that have not only just you know NBA as far as like playing experience, but big time games like Vincent. We just seen in the finals. Um, you know, Austin Reeves had his first taste of postseason. Uh, you got Rui, who had his first taste of postseason. So these guys are really, really experienced, and I think that's going to go a long way in the season. Um, they get the full offseason to get continuity together. I think what they're going to do with D'Lo is they're going to build him back up like his confidence, and then they're probably going to trade him. Um, Did you see the interview with D'Angelo the last like week or two. I don't think he needs to be. I don't think he needs his confidence to re to be rebuilt. I don't know if you caught any of those. No, calls. I didn't. I didn't. But just they're gonna. They need to get his uh his reputation as far as playing wise because he's he's at rock bottom right now with this. Well, they're gonna trade him. They're trading yeah, him halfway yeah, so through I, the year. Yeah. I mean, so that's, so that's they have to get happen. him. So that's why they resigned him. They got to get him back up and and running so they can teams can you know showcase. Like, this is the word I was looking for. So got to get him showcased and they'll, they'll move off of him. I like the addition of Torian Prince that I forgot to bring him up. But, yeah, man, I'm a big fan of this roster. Uh, I, I didn't like Jackson Hayes. I'm not a Jackson Hayes guy. I think Castleton should be the backup to, to Anthony Davis. Uh, he was really good in the summer league. I mean, Are you Chris worried Steve, about Cam Reddish uh, stealing LeBron's, uh, you know, thunder? I, I hate it. Um, so many song. people like Cam Reddish or swear by him. I don't think he's ever been good. But. Cam Reddish is, uh, like, he is, he's like. good in high school. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what is every what's everybody's fascination with this guy. I mean, I mean, he fascination even, was him in high school. Yeah, he couldn't even play on a Portland team that was tanking, and they were playing guys. I mean, no, no disrespect to this guy. He couldn't play on the Knicks. Yeah, like Eubanks was playing before him. Like Trendon Wofford. Like you can't play with these guys. And I mean, whatever. I guess they, you know, every GM or every team feels like in their system or whatever they can change him. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm high on the Lakers. I'm all over the win total. Uh, I, I got them to, to be in the finals next year. So uh, yeah, all over them this year. I was just teasing with Reddish, by the way, because I liked a lot of their moves, but people were adding Reddish to the list of, you know, low risk option here. I'm like, you realize he's been on like five different teams and nobody wants him after about two weeks. Like Reddish isn't going to do a damn thing with this team. So, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. I like their overall offseason, though. Yeah, he shouldn't play before Christie. He should Christie should be getting his minutes. Um, like I mean, Reeves, I don't think Reddish is going to be on the team by season's end. Maybe not. In my opinion, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I guess yeah. I so I really do like the moves that the Lakers made. Um, 
And like, I think Lanta hit the nail on the head that there's guys on this roster. I think they, they, they built the roster the right way. I think with the kind of vision to have guys around LeBron and AD, right? There was a point, I think last year at the front half of the season where they didn't have the shooters that they needed on this roster, right? They went out and got Malik Beasley. Didn't really fit into what I guess they were trying to do. I, I love the pickup of Gabe Vincent. We saw what this guy can do when he was healthy. I know the Miami Heat team, we talked about it, that they were maybe four or five guys when they made their run to the finals were dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, but Gabe Vincent, I think that he's a great shooter for them. I think Austin Reeves is going to be good, man. Again, me and Lante were talking offline before we got on here that Austin Reeves looked really good uh, in that first game for this uh, for the for the World Cup team for Team USA coming off of that bench. Um, and again, he earned that contract a bar none um, by re-signing with the LA Lakers. I, I have no problem with that contract. And I agree with Lante that some of the front court depth that you're going to need it because we don't trust Anthony Davis to play. 55 60 games even if Castleton can pan out I think that if they I've, I've seen flashes of Jackson Hayes that he can be a elite rim protector I think that maturity level might not be there with with Jackson Hayes yet on the court uh, but, or off the court uh, both um yeah, for, sure. for yeah for Jackson Hayes but I think that if he can develop and be on a team with veterans like LeBron and Anthony Davis that it might be a breath of fresh air for Jackson Hayes because the potential is definitely there uh for him uh, Rui Achimura was another player that was an uh, absolute great player for them in the playoffs coming off of the bench. He had games where he had, what, 20-plus points for this team. So, uh, again, I agree with what Lante said, that you want to have players on this roster that can take away pressure of Anthony Davis and LeBron James having to be those star players every single night. And I think with Austin Reeves, with Rui Achimura, with Gabe Vincent, uh, if D'Lo is front half of the year before they do possibly trade him, I think this team can win 50 games. So, again, I feel like this is a make-or-break year for the Lakers. Um, at minimum, they they obviously the end goal is to make to win the NBA title. But I think that if this team doesn't get it or doesn't get at least to the Western Conference Finals this upcoming season, I'm not saying that LeBron is going to leave, but I, I don't know. I don't know at, at what point do you do what. We, I think we talked about this last year as well. That do you move Anthony Davis? I mean, is that a I mean, now it's going to be difficult with the contract extension? But those conversations, I I know we talked about it that they were kind of floating on on the Twitterverse as well last year. That do you trade Anthony Davis to bring somebody else alongside LeBron James? But as far as roster, what Lante said, one to twelve, one to thirteen. I, I love every aspect of it at all three levels. I think they're filled with a lot of talent. And if Anthony Davis and LeBron can play. 60 games at minimum. I think this team can definitely be a 50 win team. And again, you mentioned Lante that a lot of these players that are on the roster got their first taste of um, the playoffs last year. Darvin Ham did as a head coach as well, right? I think this was a big learning experience for him at being a first year head coach and having that taste of the playoffs. And I think that him getting smacked around in that second round against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, he's only going to learn from that, right? So I think this team definitely going to get better. I think they'll be a great regular season team. And when it gets to the playoffs, when we have a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I think that, again, they can make noise in the Western Conference. So I'm on the over uh, 40, was it 48 and a half for this team here, uh, Scott? I'm really on the fence on this one because I think on paper this team should win north of 50. The problem that I have is LeBron's not getting any younger. And after such a long playoff run, 
where the Lakers were in the seven spot. They were in a play-in game that they probably should have lost to Minnesota, but they won the game anyway. Do they care? Because they made the Western Conference Finals as a play-in team. I'm not sure if they're going to care enough about the regular season. And with LeBron potentially being extra rested to keep him healthy for the playoffs, he was battling a foot injury for the second half of the year that he played through. According yeah. to how bad it was, I'm assuming most players might have sat out. But still, that does have me concerned because I'm not sure if the Lakers care. If the Lakers end up as a sixth seed, they're going to feel fine. Like I'm not sure if they really need to win this many games in the regular season or if the main priority is going to be keep LeBron and AD healthy. We'll go on the road. We'll win. We'll do whatever we have to do to win, and we'll be in the Western Conference Finals again. We've seen LeBron his entire career never care about seeding, and I don't see that really changing. So 48 and a half, I'm really torn here because I think that once again, we're talking about AD and how much time he's going to miss. He played one more game than LeBron did. Yeah. But LeBron only played 55, and LeBron once again is getting older, and there's no incentive to force a huge workload on these two guys when they could probably make the playoffs with, once again, each of them playing 55 to 60. Now, the counterpoint is they were able to win 43 games last year with a pretty inconsistent supporting cast. And that's where the roster moves come in for the offseason. I love their moves. I was joking about the Cam Reddish move because that's not going to matter. But the other moves they made that actually do matter, I like. Now, they got back D'Angelo Russell. I'm not a fan of him, but I do acknowledge what he can bring to a team. Uh, I found the quote, by the way. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was on Pat Bev's podcast. I think yeah. it was with Barstool. But anyway, uh, they, they, Pat Bev was trying to praise D'Angelo Russell, saying that Russell had his best shooting season ever, and nobody's talking about it. And D'Lo basically said, nobody's talking about it. What do I have to do? And I'm thinking to myself – you realize you shot a 32.3% from the floor and 13.3% from three in the conference finals. You got benched in basically the end of the series and you went under your PRA in every game. What do you have to do? Guard somebody. That's what you have to do. You have to guard somebody. You're not going to be on the team halfway through the year. But that made me laugh. So I think D'Lo's got more confidence than he should after getting embarrassed on national TV four games in a row. Wanted to throw that out there. But I do think looking at the supporting cast, it's going to be close. 48 and a half. I think I'd lean over because I do like their supporting cast. I think they can actually steal games if LeBron or AD sit because of this, how good the supporting cast is. It's going to be really, really close because, once again, the Lakers might not care. Yeah. I see them winning like 49 games. I think it's going to be really close. I'll lean over, but there's no chance I'm betting it because in the back of my mind, the Lakers don't care about the regular season. I think they for sure want to avoid being a playing tournament team and having to play that extra game or two games potentially, right? But what does that um, get you? Like 48, 49? Probably, I think, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 40, yeah, 49. What was it? What was the number last year? What was the I got to look that up. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's just – the talent level is just going to allow them that if those guys are out to be able to trade water. I mean, they play well without LeBron and AD in the lineup. I don't have the record in front they of me. They did, and the supporting cast was shaky last year. Right, right, and so it's, it's definitely improved. So By the way, the play in for year. the Western Conference last year, the seven seed was the Lakers at 43. The yeah. Warriors had 44. So yeah. if the Lakers win 45 games, they'll probably avoid the play-in. Yeah. I think they're going to be close bet- between 45 and like 51. I they think they'll be somewhere to, there. 
Yeah, they had a shot to get out of the play-in, but they lost to a trash team. Uh, who was that? Um, they got buried like two out of three games. I forgot. Maybe it was like to Charlotte and uh, the Spurs or somebody. They or the Rockets. I think the Rockets beat them. Uh, whenever they were like the Rockets on pace did beat to, them at the end of last year. That yeah, I it was. Uh, they were on pace to get the the six seed, and um, they I won. Six out of their last seven games in the regular season, I think. Yeah, so that's what happened. Yeah, I remember yeah. that vividly, though. I remember that vividly. Point, the point uh, is, once again, do you think the Lakers actually care about winning 50 games? I, I don't think home court matters for them, so I, I think <clears> they'll <throat> be fine if they get end up as a six seed, just avoiding the play-in, but that's why it's tricky. I'm going to lean over because I like their supporting cast a lot, but we know the Le- LeBron teams don't typically care about how many games out of 82 they actually win. Yeah, uh, yeah, they won six out of the seven final regular season games. The loss was to the L.A. Clippers, uh, which was the second never half. Beat the Clippers, so. Yeah, it was, so it was a tough spot as well because it was the last game of a quote-unquote road trip. I mean, you're back in L.A., but yeah. it was the second game after coming out of Utah that went into overtime as well. So, Did uh, they lose that That's game? my hot take this season. The Lakers will beat the Clippers at least one time this season. That's my hot <laughs> so, take. Yeah, they won that game, Lante, in Utah in overtime. That next time they had to play the Clippers uh, back in L.A. So uh, definitely a tough scheduling spot for them uh, right there. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next team in this division. Two teams left. The next. So team sorry, Munam, you were on the oh. over and yeah, Lante was on the over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next team in this division, that is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they have a win total this season at 49 and a half. And I should have mentioned the odds for the Lakers and the Warriors. Both are at plus odds right now on the over uh, for this upcoming season. Division odds, plus 320 for the Warriors, uh, for them to make the playoffs, minus 500 to miss the playoffs, plus 360. Like we mentioned, this team did end up as the sixth seed last season with a record of 44 and 38 uh, to lose, I believe, to the Lakers, right, uh, in the second round? Yeah. Yeah. They lost um, the yeah. Um, looking at some of their offseason moves, obviously the one of the bigger trades or stories in the offseason, Jordan Poole being traded to the Washington Wizards uh, for the services of Chris Paul. Uh, they also lost uh, in that trade uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., we saw Dante DiVincenzo also leave this team for the New York Knicks. Uh, Jermichael Green remains a free agent as well. Ty Jerome uh, heads over to Cleveland. Some of the offseason signings, uh, Corey Joseph comes in as some uh, depth at the point guard position. Like I mentioned, they also traded for Chris Paul. Uh, Dario Saric also gives them some depth, and they re-signed Draymond Green in the offseason as well. Uh this team last year, for whatever reason, gentlemen, struggled mightily on the road last year. Uh, this team at home last year, 33-8. and eight. So 33 of their 44 wins came at home, but on the road, they were a abysmal 11-30. and 30. Uh, Just to put that into context, the Rockets were 8-33, and 33, and the Spurs were 8-33 on the road last year. The third worst team was the Golden State Warriors at 11 and 30. Um, Scott, lead us off with this team for the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, two seasons removed from uh, winning an NBA title. Um, another year older is Steph Curry, is uh, Clay Thompson. Your core is still intact with Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. But, I mean,. Can they still put it together again and make a, a, a run to the NBA Finals 
and win another title because I think the intriguing piece of this is how does Chris Paul fit into this offense? So just to ask, by the way, for clarification, what was the exact number you had for the win total? 49 and a half is what I see at DraftKings at uh, plus 110 on the over. I'm sure you could probably find a 48 and a half out there as well. I think it's a little bit insane that this team has a higher win total than the Lakers. I, I, I don't agree with it just based on the overall roster talent. I know I just said a second ago that the Lakers don't typically care about the regular season with LeBron, but I got to at least acknowledge that these win totals feel off. The Lakers, I can understand. I don't know why the Warriors were at 49 and a half. I think I'm going to link to the under on the Warriors. I think that this team's going to be better than last year because Jordan Poole wasn't really working with the current core, but I got to at least acknowledge the elephant in the room, and people are going to talk about Chris Paul and what his role is going to be. That's a separate elephant. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about Clay Thompson. I don't think he's that good anymore, and people have continued – people have started to realize it, mostly with how bad he was in that Lakers series. But you're looking at this team and who they're going to be relying on offensively, and it wasn't even just that. They also lost DiVincenzo, who mm. was a really, really good glue guy for that team. Like, I don't yeah. think the Warriors had a great offseason. Now, you're looking at what exact, what they did. They traded away Jordan Poole. They got Chris Paul back, and they ended up getting rid of DiVincenzo because they couldn't afford him. Clay is getting paid $40 million a year, a little bit north of it, and he hasn't been good in several years, in my opinion. Like, I think he's, once again, a very good shooter, or most of the time he is. Is he a chucker? I don't, I don't really know. Is he a great defensive player anymore? No. Is he a good defensive player? Kind of. Not really. I, I think he's kind of a mediocre defender at this point in his career. So you have Draymond is going to do defensive things, but he's probably going to get suspended for ejections or for technical fouls at some point during the year for one game or two. Steph's amazing. I'm not going to bother with Steph. Steph's incredible. Like, there's no point. But you're looking at the rest of the roster. I don't think their team is that good besides Steph and Draymond. And once again, I don't think Clay's very good anymore anyway. So... Wiggins, I like. Wiggins has been good for them. I know he missed a decent amount of the year because of personal reasons. Mm. I don't think we ever actually found out what happened to him, but either way, point is uh, he missed some time. He's going to help them out. I like their move of getting Trace Jackson Davis, but he's a second-round pick. I'm not sure if he's going to actually contribute this year. I like their draft pick of getting uh, Pazimski, but I don't know, once again, if he's going to be solid as rookie year or not. I think I'm just going to lean to the under because I got too many questions about this overall roster. Maybe they'll trade for somebody mid-season, but Clay is getting forty million, and I don't think he's very good. So that's going to definitely hurt your roster flexibility. I think forty-nine and a half is crazy. I'm going to lean to the under. If Golden State's great at home and they're decent on the road, they'll probably go over. But I'm not sure if last year was a fluke or what the story was. They couldn't win a road game, and Pool. I've given him a hard time because of the contract and all that, but he, they don't have any bench scoring anymore. Like, at least Poole can get you a bucket off the bench. They don't have that. So Curry's their main scorer on this team. I don't – it's a massive drop-off after Curry with scoring. That's kind of my point. I don't know how many ball handlers they have on the bench. Chris Paul's past his prime. He's a good facilitator. Can he walk in and give you 15 a night? No. He's probably going to give you, like, 10 to 12. Facilitating is going to help, but I think I'm on the under. 49.5 with this aging core sounds crazy to me. I'm on the under. I think the struggle right now for the Warriors has been the reluctancy of Steve Kerr to play the young guys, right? He's been so dependent on 
the big three of Draymond Green and they Steph Curry. They could use Wiseman in the playoffs. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, and again, I think the one player that's so underrated on this roster that I feel like it's still not talked about enough is Kevon Looney because in that championship run, he was just so incredible for them. Not only defending the paint, but also rebounding the basketball and creating those second chance opportunities. But but him and Draymond, they have no spacing on the floor because they can't yeah. shoot. So I think that it's really going to come down to, I mean, the development of Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga for them to take that next step. I mean, you do have Corey Joseph. That's another ball handler. Uh, he's not going to score a lot of points for you, that, but he does give you another player that kind of sets up your offense for you and gives you another ball handler on the floor. Um, but it just puts a lot of pressure on Steph Curry to having to be that guy night in and night out. I mean, maybe a bet to put down. I, he may be the chalk on favorite to lead the league in scoring. But without Jordan Poole, like you mentioned, that there's some questions about the depth coming off of the bench and who's going to be exactly be the score. So it'll be interesting to see what the rotation and what that second group is going to look like for this Golden State Warriors team. Because I know Moses Moody is a great shooter. Jonathan Kaminga definitely has a potential. It's just that he needs to be on the floor to just get some reps and some playing time and get comfortable in this offense because he definitely does have the potential. And, you know, they got Gary Payton, the second back, who was really critical for them in that uh, championship run. I know he was dealing with injuries when he was with Portland before they traded back for him. And I think he still struggled with that uh, in the second half of the year. But he was good in the this team is, yeah. And this team is, again, like you mentioned, it's they're just so reliant on that big three. And you take a look at the amount of games played last year. Seth Curry only played, I think, what, 56 games last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for this team. Clay played 69 games last year. Draymond, barring any uh, suspensions, did play 73 games as well. So with an aging roster, I think I am also leaning towards the under here. This team is probably looks at a 46-47 win team and end up at the 4-5 seed. And again, if you have everybody healthy for the playoffs, uh, we know what Golden State Warriors can do. We've seen them win multiple championships. Uh, And again, that championship they won, Two seasons back, I think that was one of their more impressive runs uh, than all the titles that they have won here, Lante. Yeah, I'm leaning under, but I don't know if I don't know if I feel as strong about it as as you two. Simply because I think Chris Paul is a floor raiser. I think um, getting Jordan Poole out of that locker room is going to boost him up. Now I know offensively he brought you know some some spark there, but just continuity wise, I think all you know Draymond was like on record saying that he couldn't really be himself, I guess, because of the incident and other guys were, you know, trying not to pick sides, but I guess keep the peace. So it was kind of a, it, it was kind of a little like tension going on with, with that locker room. So I think him getting out of the locker room will be a big, uh, would be a big help. And I think, I mean, we haven't seen Steph with a true point guard uh, like ever. I mean, I think, you know, he played with Sean Livingston, um, but that was more so in minutes. But Chris Paul, I think, is going to raise the floor for them. High IQ, he's going to he's going to be a plus. Like as far I, I don't as know how many games Chris Paul's even going to play? Like how, I mean, how many you, games you got to get through? Yeah, but you got to think like he was starting and last year. Now he's probably going to be coming off the bench, so his role is is you know, like minimized just off of that alone. Do so so, you think he's going to be a bench point guard that's in the closing unit? Yeah, I think he will be. I, have to, I, don't, be I, don't, I don't know if he can be in the closing unit. I mean, I, I guess you can make an argument. You take Looney off the floor and you bring yeah, in. Yeah, put Wiggins at the five. Or Draymond at the five. Whatever. But Draymond at the five, Wiggins, you have Clay. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think. I, I think I'm fascinated how that's going to go. This would be gonna, a yeah, I mean, depth uh, or a death lineup with, um, right. with Draymond, the Splash Brothers, Chris Paul, 
and Andrew Wiggins because Chris Walker shoot the basketball as well. Like, let's not he forget can. that. He can hit that yeah, mid-range jump shot. He can hit that three-point shot as well. But I think for Chris Paul, 20 minutes a night, 22 That's minutes a night, need. 25 max. And That's all you need. I don't know how much his body can handle, though. That's kind of the problem. Yeah, and I think like, you I really no want to yeah, save him for the playoffs. So yeah. he, I don't care if he gets you 10, 12 points a night. That's right. you know That takes pressure off of Steph Curry. Yeah, seven I eight mean, assists tonight. I mean, he, I don't even. I, I ain't even caring about the. Tank. Yeah, I don't even care about the points. It's just the fact that you don't have the ball in Steph Curry's hands 80 percent of the time. So, yeah. like that just gives him more room to operate. And again, you have to respect him off that pick and roll because he is dialed in mid range. So, I, I like the Chris Paul thing a lot. I mean, he's played with in multiple cities with or in multiple teams, like in multiple roles. Like we saw him play in Oklahoma City when they thought that. He was going to just go down there and collect the check. And he damn near got them in the playoff run. Um, so I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to play. I know Steve Kerr is not a rookie or young guy um, coach. He's, he's but, a good fit skills-wise with this team. Yeah, because he runs a ton of pick and rolls. He ran a pro he ran a pro style offense at Indiana under an NBA head coach. So I think he'll be able to pick and roll um, – Rim run definitely can protect the rim. I think he was top five, top six in blocks in the nation last and year. And loves his undersized forwards, and Jackson is athletic, so he can fit in for that. Right, role. and so. if he and if he can extend that range, then you can actually play him on the floor instead of playing Looney at certain at certain junctures. Ex- extend of the, game. the range is going to be a development process for a couple years. I, I doubt that's yeah, going to be the case this year. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I mean, he, he don't hesitate to have to shoot, you know, seven, eight times a game. I mean, just, you know, keep yeah. the defense I'm, I'm saying for the sake of this win total, the, the outside development is going to take place for the next five, ten years. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not factoring that inside. I'm not factoring that in, in my handicap anyway. I'm more so defensively rebounding, blocking shots. Like, that's what he can do instantly for this Warriors team. So I'm slightly I'm slightly under, but if they win 50 games, I, w- I like I wouldn't be surprised. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised at just, all. Just ask by the way, do we agree if Curry gets injured at any point? Not like seriously injured, but he misses like three weeks. This team's screwed, right? Yeah. With Chris Paul, I don't think so. With, I, I mean I don't, I don't I, I mean Paul, what, what do you mean by you what do you mean by screwed though? What do you mean by screwed? Like, are like they, they would lose per, like 70% of the games that Curry doesn't play in. Yeah, I mean they they do that anyway. Yeah, they. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. He missed a decent amount of games last year. He's had some injuries in the past. I got to be on the under because if Curry gets hurt, you're going to cash this with ease. Yeah, I mean, but we could say that about every team. If, if but I'm saying you hurt. might, you're, I think you're going to get there anyway. But they're so heavily reliant on one guy. I don't think they can overcome a potential injury for even three weeks to Curry. So I'm I'm going to be on the under. I think 49 naps too high. It should not be higher than the Lakers. That's a crazy win total compared to the Lakers. Well, I think that this this the acquisition of Chris Paul also takes a lot of pressure off of Steph Curry having to tra- uh, to you know facilitate the offense and all that. So I mean, Draymond Green did that as well. But now you can just have Steph Curry, you know, coming off of the ball and just going out and scoring, man. I mean, him to lead the league in scoring, I got to see what the odds on that was. But that's kind of intriguing to me. Um, but again, I think that if he does end up playing. 60 to 65 games um he could be in that conversation for mvp he has to play that 65 that threshold of 65 now that we know yeah. of so i think when we do the mvp talk it's going to be a lot of fun just crossing names off the list because we don't know guys that are actually going to go out and play 65 games uh in a year to qualify for the mvp award uh any other thoughts on the warriors guys before we get over to the phoenix suns i think i think it's a massive year for steph the concern that i once again have which i mentioned all of last year 
I don't think Clay Thompson is very good anymore, and he's an extremely important part of this team. That's one of the problems I have. Like, I, I don't think Clay's very good. I think he's the key to the win total. If he has a great year, they'll go over. If he looks like he did last year, they're going under. And I don't think Clay's very good. That's I think the counterpoint I think be to fine. that is oh. that if if Andrew Wiggins was there for okay. yeah, that's a fair you know, point. another yeah. 15% more, I think that takes some pressure off of Clay Thompson as well. Because we know Wiggins, it, he's found his role perfectly with his team. Like he's, we been, saw he's been great with the Warriors. Yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So um, I, I think, again, if Wiggins is back for, let's just say, know 10 20 more games than he was last year dealing with you know hopefully that stuff that he yeah. was dealing with off the court mm-hmm. is you know in the past but um i think that yeah i think they'll be okay same with same with gp2 they got him back so he's like fully yeah and he should be healthy too right yeah so yeah. Yeah. yeah all right guys last team in this division the team that has made the biggest headlines over the past couple seasons here or not seasons but this uh past off season and uh at the trade deadline last year the Phoenix Suns, they come in with a win total of 51 and a half. They are the odds on favorite to win this specific division at plus 165. For them to make, uh, make the playoffs, minus 900. For them to miss the playoffs, six to one. Um, we start last season, they get Kevin Durant with a massive trade uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, sitting over multiple draft picks, first round draft picks, uh, Cam Johnson. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, part of that trade as well. Uh, and then this offseason, obviously, the trade of uh, Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards coming over to the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think the biggest thing with this team was now adding the depth pieces around Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, uh, Bradley Beal, and DeAndre Aiden. So, um, some of the offseason signings, they signed uh, Bates Diop to a contract. They signed Bull Bull. They got Drew Eubanks, Jordan Goodwin. They signed Eric Gordon, finally. Me and Scott have, were beating on that drum. Maybe they're two years too late on that one, Scott, to get Eric Gordon on this team. But they also signed uh, Wantanabe uh, to a contract. Also re-signed Damian Lee, Saban Lee, and Josh Okoge are but back they lost, with this team. they lost Shamit. How are they supposed to win games? Yeah, that's that's a little unfortunate. They also, you know, they had to trade away campaign to the Fien- uh, sorry to the uh, San Antonio Spurs as well. So shout out um, to campaign by the way. He was the only one who showed up for Game Six. Yeah, shout out to campaign. Um, Fifty-one and a half expectations for this team. Obviously, to be in the NBA Finals when you have a roster of those three guys, of Durant, Booker, and Bradley Beal. Lante, lead us off here with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, what are you thinking about this team as far as their win total and what their season outlook should be? Yeah, I bet them under already. Uh, it's too, too high. I think they were 46 to 47 ish, 46 to 48 win team. Don't like the dip. Um, biggest KD fan there probably is. Uh, I, I need a reminder though from you because initially when the Beal trade happened, I said the total is going to be in the 50s. I love the under. And you were trying to make a case for the over, and now you totally flipped, and you already yeah yeah over. because of, because of I thought they were gonna do like I thought they were gonna get these veteran pieces or younger guys to fill out the roster and not what they have right now, so I didn't like the direction that they went in with with this. I, I wanted them to keep Payne because um, I think he was a vital piece as far as you mentioned it um, coming off the bench and playing in a in a role that he's comfortable playing in. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gordon thing is is fine. I just thought that some of the pieces that they brought in were gonna be more. I guess uh, 
I guess more bigger name, not not name wise, but just production wise. Some of those guys, they fit fine, but I just don't think that they're ready to perform at a high level as to what they're going to be expected to do. It's kind of like this. I, I compare it to what they did in like Cleveland with LeBron when they brought some of those guys in. You remember when they brought like uh, Isaiah Thomas, um, all those all those guys. Dwayne in. Wade. I mean, uh, when he was in Cleveland, when they brought like Isaiah I'm Thomas, saying Dwayne and, Wade. Are you? Are yeah, you Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade. Yeah, like all those guys. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jay similar Crowder. to that. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's it's quite. I thought they were going to make bigger moves. That's that's my, <laughs> they traded that's my everybody baseball. halfway through the season. They still made the finals. <laughs> right. So I still can't believe that. Happened. So yeah, that's that's my that, that was my that's my three sixty um, on the team. But uh, but yeah, I just don't I don't like to dip. Uh, Bradley Be- reports that Bradley Beal going to play point guard. Yeah. I, I mean, how, how can you? <laughs> right. I mean, how can you just bet a team like this? And I mean. Kevin Durant is is gonna do what he does, but like I, I just don't know if he's gonna be as motivated to do it in the regular season. Um, just him specifically. Now Booker, I have no problem. I think he'll be fine. Bill, I think some of the games played were kind of skewed because of Washington and their you know yeah. inability to kind of control what's going on because he probably could have played more, but they wanted to get better draft positions. So you got to kind of weigh that in. Booker's been somewhat healthy for the the most portion of his career. So I think they'll be fine there. The thing is just talent wise, I don't think they're talented enough to win like 53 games here. So I'm going under, uh, I do like the, it's a prop. I think I get, I think we gave it out, uh, Maybe like during the Bill trade reaction, I like Bill to average twenty points a game. I think it's 19, 19 and a half. That was at DraftKings. I bet that also. Um, I think he'll be fine. You know, averaging that, if, especially if KD goes down, the ball will be in his hands more anyway. So I think him averaging twenty is pretty much a gift here. So I, I like them under, and I like Bill to average twenty um, for the season. Yeah, injury has been a concern. Oh, uh- Kind of just expanding on what you said about Bradley Beal. Maybe it's not really injury related, but them benching him um, to get better a draft position for the Washington Wizards. So over the last three seasons, um, Bradley Beal has played in 60, 40, and 50. And maybe some of that has to do that they probably sat him for the final final couple of weeks or maybe even the month. Um you know, designating some type of injury just to get better draft position. Devin Booker last year ended up playing only 53 games during the regular season for this team last year. And we know about the uh, concerns with De- Kevin Durant uh, with the injuries that he's dealt with over the past several seasons. So I'm not saying Devin Booker is a guy that's injury prone. I mean, that last season was probably the first year in a long time where he's dealt with, uh, you know, being out for a significant amount of time. Um I think the X factor that really comes down to is what do you get the out of DeAndre Ayton uh, on this team, right? Because we know that he's not going to, he's going to be what fourth fiddle uh, getting the basketball. How um, is he still there? And I, and he's again, been rumored to be traded for three years. How is he still there? It was either him or, or Monty Williams leaving because that we heard about the disconnect between those two players and they decided to go in a different direction at the head. Well, coach, they lost the home elimination game in back to back years by 30 plus points. Like William, Williams was gone. Like Monty <laughs> and he was, was on the bench in a leather suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think the conversation is around, around like the depth pieces, right? Like what are you going to get out of those guys coming off of the bench? Um, and I think they did add some great shooting around Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal, right? Once and Abi last season, I think Scott can expand on this. He was a great three-point shooter, just didn't get a lot of playing time being in Brooklyn. Uh, you add Eric Gordon, he's another year older. He's a guy that can create a shot for you, but at this juncture of his career, if he can come off of the bench for you, score 
12 to 15 points per night. That's always a plus. But it also comes down to the fact that you don't really have that second uh, ball handler coming off of the bench. So you're probably going to see a guy like maybe Devin Booker handle the ball off the bench for them. Or maybe you see Bradley Beal checking out at the six-minute mark. Stagger and, the minutes. Yeah, uh, coming out at the six-minute mark and going with that second unit and providing uh, bench scoring uh, with that. Um, I, I, I'm going to lean with the under here as well. I do think that they'll probably do end up as a top four seed, getting what 46 wins because that was good enough last year in the Western Conference. Um, 48 wins last year was the three seed in the Sacramento Kings. And this Western Conference is just so low, especially this division, like we mentioned at the top of the show, that all five teams made it into the playoffs last year. I think that expectation is there as well because you look at the odds for them to for these teams to make the playoffs. All five are at minus uh, odds for them to be in the playoffs. So. If you think one of these teams do miss the playoffs, you can get a nice plus price um, for this team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leaning towards the under as well. Uh, Scott, talk to me about the Phoenix Suns here. I'm not gonna spend much time on it. I'm on the under. I've been well documented on this. As soon as they traded for Beal, I knew the supporting cast would be terrible because they can't afford anybody else. They're paying four guys all their money. So you know it's a bad sign when people in the offseason are hyping up the acquisition of Drew Eubanks, Watanabe, and Bull Bull. That's how you hey, know no, that no Watanabe uh, slander on this podcast. Hey, I like Watanabe yeah, as an fan, but he was a healthy scratch out. for the last month of the season. Like people are acting like he's gonna be a serious, serious contributor. I like him as a three-point shooter. But he barely played on a Nets team that couldn't score. That's not a good sign. But anyway, the Suns aren't going to guard anybody. They have way too much dependence on injury-prone players. Beals might be exaggerated, but he has been injured in the past. Booker has missed a decent amount of games over the last couple of years. And KD's never healthy. Post-ACL injury, he's been injured all the time. So I, I see this team being a classic bad regular season team that's going to try to raise their level in the playoffs. I'm on the under. I think this team is not going to win the division, and I think they're probably going to finish second or third in the division. Give me like 46 wins or so, but 50s, I'm on the under. I don't mind Vogel as a coach, but he's a defensive-minded coach, and none of his star players are going to try to play defense. Booker's gotten better. KD's fine for rim protection, but once again, he's been injured. Beal doesn't guard anybody, so it's going to be a bit of a problem there defensively. I'm on the under. Yeah, again, I think this again, this this team that I don't think they care where they end up um in the in the playoff standings as long as it is a top six seed. If healthy going into the playoffs, there there are gonna be some growing pains at the uh, beginning of the season just because you have you know Bradley Beal coming in and you have a lot of new pieces, especially surrounding these guys as far as you know rotations as well, a new head coach, you know, implementing his offensive philosophy and his defensive philosophy as well. So at least early on in the season, we will see some growing pains and maybe this, they will get better throughout the season, but I think that'll probably just equate to this team getting under this win total. They can still be a 50 win team and this still gets under the, under the win total 51 and a half right now. So, um, and last season, I think, you know, you take a look at the standings, uh, the three seed, like we mentioned was the Sacramento Kings at 48 wins. The number one seed last year was the Denver Nuggets. Uh, trying to pull up the exact number of wins they had last year. Let's see here. Um, 53 and then 51. So you had one team last year in the Western Conference that had more than 51 and a half wins, which was the eventual NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. Um, before we get to best bets here, guys, so I think all of us are obviously on the under here for the Suns. 
They are the odds-on favorite to win the division at plus 165. Who do you pick as the division winner here then? Because you're you're getting some nice plus odds, whether Warriors plus 320, Lakers plus 330, or Clippers at plus 550, Lante? I'm going with the Lakers. Uh, I think, like I said, I think they'll win the division. I think they'll be the number one seed in, in the West. Uh, so if, you, if you're buying what I'm putting down, I think you should probably – the best bet would probably be the Lakers to have to be the number one seed in the West. I think they have those odds available, or is it just um, number one seed, um, like the number one, the it. best record? Is it the best record? I thought I saw number one seed um, in each uh, yeah. conference available. Yeah, I see plus six fifty for the Lakers. Yeah, but just I mean, just because we're doing the division thing, I would love them at at that plus odds. Is it plus three thirty? You said. Plus three thirty over on DraftKings yeah. uh, for yeah, them I to think win the division. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good bet to make. Like I said, I think a few teams are going to take a step back. I mean, a couple unknowns with some of these uh, different teams. So I'm going with the Lakers to win three at plus three thirty. Scott, outside of the Suns, and if we don't like them, who do you like to win this division? Then I don't like the Suns, so I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. I was the that was the only team that I was really on the fence on for their win total, but I think. Once again, I let the under on every other team. So I think I have to go with the Lakers because I think that this team could win 50. I think that once again, they have the most talented I should, a roster in the overall division. They're at least the deepest team in the division. We can agree on that. I'll go with the Lakers at that price. But the Sun, I can't take the Suns. There's too much uncertainty. Got to worry about chemistry issues. The Lakers not only have a deep roster, but they brought a lot of the core back, which is going to help result in immediate success. I am going to lean the Lakers there at plus 330. Yeah, I would lean with the Lakers here as well. Um, again, I think that top to bottom, when we talked about these five teams, the Lakers probably have the best roster. Um, and if you want to take the two, you're, you're, if you take the top two players off of each team here, I think Lakers still have the best supporting cast out of all this, all the five teams that we talked about here. Um, Shots fired at Beal, but yes. Yeah, well, I mean, then it's shots fired him, It's fine. Beal, yeah. DeAndre Ayton, Gordon, Wanton. Okay, man, I don't know, but shots fired at Beal. That's my yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, let's wrap it up here. Let's get into our best bets for this division. To their um, make miss playoffs, uh, win total, whatever you want it to be. Yeah, Scott, go ahead. Yeah, so we're running a bit long. Sun's under. Yeah. I'm not going to spend any more time talking about it. Lante. I'm going Lakers over. Uh, all right. Mine, I will go. God, man. I, I think it's probably Lakers for me as well, man. Um, I mean, the over division, which, what are you talking about? I mean, I think that if they go over their win total, they'll win their division. Because yeah, I think, that's fair. Yeah. Right? Because um, I'm kind of still on the fence about the Warriors. 49, and it seems like a steep number for them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Lakers as well. I'll go with Lante over 48 and a half. Uh, that's at plus odds, like I mentioned, over on DraftKings right now. Um, I'll take the Lakers at the division price of plus 330 as well, um, like we talked about. All right. Another division down. I think we have one more left. Um, uh, one or two more. I don't remember. Yeah, I think we just have the Northwest division left because we went through Southwest and now the Pacific in the Western Conference. So. One more division left, and then you know we'll start kicking some tires on some um, player awards markets and, and things like that um, as we gear towards the season. Um, Scott, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? 
Yeah, the Suns' win total is over 50, and they might finish in third place. So, <laughs> there you go. Nah, that's it, man. Go Lakers. <laughs> uh, make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, X account or Twitter account, whatever you want to call it, at SGPNNBA. Make sure to save that subscribe button uh, on the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube account. And if you want to support the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, join the Patreon page, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Make sure to follow Scott on Twitter at Right Show Radio. Follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.